Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine, and with me there are two people who wake up earlier than me. Fletcher and Adam. As always, we go through every single pop punk and emo pop record that charted between 1999 and 2013. We're currently in the year 2002, and today we're talking, finally, after one week of not talking about it, about Simple Plan. So, does any of you have any experience with Simple Plan before this episode? I recognize two of their songs. I know them. They're the Scooby-Doo band. <laughs> they are indeed the Scooby-Doo band. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I know this record mostly for being something that even, even if you were into fucking pop punk at the time, you would hate this record because this was like the kiddie record. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think my opinion changed that much. This is a very simple record. They're called Simple Plan, but this is a simple record. It is definitely aimed at a way younger audience than um, Blink or even Sum 41. Here's the thing. Canadians are only allowed to come from one of two genres of music. Very dirt simple. We could sing this on the school bus. Or complex layered melodies that make you go this person is a masterwork of the pop genre okay yes but simple plan makes some 41 sound like rush yes they're definitely harder on one end of the canadian scale than the other but it is a spectrum being canadian is a spectrum <laughs> being canadian is a spectrum i think we do have a one listener from canada so i would like to to know where they are on the spectrum. Uh, our one Canadian listener is, I'm going to sense it using my Professor X ESP, complex and nutty with a hint of cherry in their roast. No, I'm sorry, I'm sniffing coffee beans. I don't know. Don't ever call anyone not ever again. <laughs> roast, nutty, and a hint of cherry. This is definitely a record. I didn't hate it as much as expected to, which I'm happy about because I guess here is the best time where to put it. When I made a joke about the angry pop punk nerd, that is actually a thing that exists, which I'm not gonna specifically name because I'm not that kind of bitch, but I cannot with the words anymore. <laughs> Be that bitch. Be that bitch. <laughs> I was searching for things about this record and YouTube came out with like this very modern, like came out in the last couple of years, but like very mid-2010, like angry video game nerd review of this record. And I'm just done with the word at this point. Like, 
Please stop, Ward. What if I become the Joker pop punk nerd? Um, I will disown you from the podcast. What we need to do is have like pointless cameo of people with worst video quality, just like having a plot line where they force us to review pop punk records and that shit. That that is a thing. I'm done with the world. Oh boy. What if I point to my headphones and go, hey, you want to see how I got these cans? Anyhow, we should talk about Simple Plan because there's an obligatory today. Santa is coming tonight and I want a car and I want a life and I want a first class trip to Hawaii. I want a lifetime supply of Skittles and Slurpees and Eskimo pies. I want a DVD, a big screen TV. Just bring me things that I don't need Cause now it's Christmas And I want everything In 2020, bassist David Desrosier was accused by a fan of sexually inappropriate behavior, including, but not limited to, attempts at grooming her while she was a minor. The post also implied that she is not the only fan who has had this behavior performed with them. Desrosier has been kicked out of the band after this whole event came to light, offered one of the most garbage apologies ever, and in the same breath, acknowledged that the post had truth to it. So, lovely. Piece of shit. And as usual, when we have one of these episodes, if you decide to skip this week or this content because of it, we understand. We'll be back in a week with Goldfinger. They're lovely. Mm. plan were a bunch of boys from Montreal. Henceforth, the extremely French-sounding names will make sense. They met in high school in 1999, after their previous band, which some of the members were in, Reset, broke up. Please note, these are Canadians named Reset, not Canadians creating Reboot, which was an entirely different thing that happened in the 90s. Was Reboot Canadian? Yeah. You didn't know that the studio that... No, I didn't know. Yeah, Mainframe Entertainment was Canadian. Yeah, that's cool. Their formation has remained the same over time. Pierre Bouvier on vocals, Jeff Stinko on guitar, Sébastien Lefebvre on other guitar, Chuck Comel on drums, and that one guy on getting eventually kicked out of the band, the most pop-punk instrument of all. Indeed. They started playing smaller shows in their local scene through all of 99 and 2000 until they end up being scouted by local label Coalition Entertainment, which in turn puts them in contact with people at Lava Records, uh, an American label working closely with Atlantic. Modern interviews with the band do not mention Coalition Entertainment and claim that they got signed to Lava after sending demos to Lava themselves and having some executive come and watch them at a show. I 
personally find the version coalition executives give more believable because it would make more sense for them to have connected with the local label but you can choose your own truth here i don't have any confirmation either way of what went on like for coalition retweet for simple plan comment for i don't know magic yeah genie this was uh this was a genie thing before even becoming an artist on a label, though, the band was working on this record, no pads, no helmets, just balls, with production by Arnold Lonnie, a guy working with a lot of Canadian bands none of us recognize. Yay! <laughs> they were on that simple end of the Canada scale. And everyone's probably thinking right now, Fletcher, you're going to get tired of this joke. Oh no, we have a lot of Canadians coming. I will not forget. As they are signed, the label took control of the project, scheduling their release through Lava and Atlantic to 2002. The first single chosen for the album was I'm Just a Kid, tied into the film The New Guy for additional promotion. This explains my suspicions that this was why DJ Qualls was all over the video. Yep, he was in the film. Yep, he was the star of the film and is in fact the best thing about this album. Despite the push, the single fails to chart anywhere globally. With label connections also came cross-promotion potential, and the second single, I Do Anything, will feature some guest vocals by Mark Hoppus, which, to be fair, if you have to choose a member of Blink to guest vocal on your record, Mark Hoppus is probably the good choice. I was actually expecting a different member of Blink to guest on a track later on this album, but they did not. <laughs> That is the best. We're gonna get there. That is the best track. That is my number one track, Fletch. It's awesome. I I love that track. We're gonna have a fun one then. Yeah. As 2003 approaches, the label will try a second commercial push for Simple Plan by basically sending them to tour together with bands like Blink and issuing a re-release of the record. The second push actually works extremely well. The band's popularity starts rising, especially with I Do Anything charting on Billboard, eventually topping at 51 and staying on the charts for 12 weeks on the hot singles. And I'm not going to pull out the whole chart because 2003 was actually sort of boring, but just to get a lay of the land, John Mayer's Your Body is a Wonderland was at 21, and that's just funny. Like, that just made me laugh. That song is basically a meme. Your body is a wonderland. Take my hand. It's the take my hand that always gets me about that song. (laughs) Yeah. In 2003, two additional singles were released, Addicted and Perfect. Addicted charts at 45 on the Hot 100 and Perfect at 24. Because if we learn something in this podcast, is that the boring, shitty, slow radio rock ballad is always the one that charts the highest, and I will always be angry about it. Haha. <laughs> Ellie, let me just tell you, of all the things you've told me about this whole history, easily more than the sex pest, more than the lying about their origins, more than getting a push from Blink being one of the only things that gets them started— that Perfect was their highest-rated single off this album is the thing that has shocked me the most. Yeah. That song sucks. 
I don't like that kind of song. I think it is in its genre, in the genre of really straightforward rock ballad, it's probably like I don't know, better than average, but that's not saying much. I actually think the latter half of this record is fairly better than the first half, but we'll get there. I don't know about that, Ellie. Mm, I, I'm weirdly uneven on all of it. Anyhow, the album will pick at 35 on the Billboard 200 records after reaching double platinum. Simple Plan generally went from nothing to being huge, and Atlantic at this point seemed to have found their personal blink killer. I do anything just to hold you in my arms to try to make you laugh. Somehow I can't put you in the past. I do anything just to fall asleep with you. Will you remember me? Cause I know I won't forget you. Together we Shall we talk about Simple Plan, No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls? Yes, we shall. I'd do anything just to talk about this song. Cause you know, we've all heard it in 70 shitty comedies. I'd do anything. Rob Schneider was singing this. Seriously, this was featured in The Hot Chick. Really? Yes. Huh. Uh, I absolutely hate the guitar riff on this. It's so weird and simplistic. Like, this song is the most basic pop punk gets. Even for me, who likes basic pop punk, this is very basic. Yeah, no, this is incredibly by the numbers pop punk down to featuring a member of blink 182 yeah uh have turbo what i call right to call turbo treble production where there's no bass in the production you only hear the vocal melody and some guitar the guitar riff is really simplistic the chorus exists i don't hate it it's like catchy but it needs a better song around it otherwise you cannot just have a chorus very repetitive, and really has, like, what I like to call, like, Disney Channel interlude energy. Like, if you remember those terrible, like, 2000 Disney Channel show, they would always have, like, a guitar riff in between scenes to transition, and this music has that energy. This music has, to continue the riff chain, the energy of the dead-eyed person who fought their way to become the prom queen and is just staring out from under the crown, not recognizing any of you in her moment of glory. That's this song. I guess. I don't... <laughs> that's another hot chick joke, because again, that's Rob Schneider in the crown. Huh. I... <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a full film with Rob Schneider in it. The hot chick is a movie wherein Rob Schneider, who by this point was, I want to believe, at least 40, is transported into the body of a teenage girl and has to go about living life until he can change back. Oh, that's very much not okay. Okay. Uh, Adam, do you have any thoughts about the song? <laughs> I think that I like it. 
Okay. A couple weeks back at this point, I can't remember which band it was, but you're like, this is garbage, but it's my garbage. That is me with this song and some of this band stuff in general. Like, is it good? Maybe not. But I have fun listening to it. So that's what matters to me. They do have a very younger audience in mind with this record, which makes sense for a resident yeah. baby for the podcast. Like, you know, that's fair. I mean, also, you know, I think that part of why it appeals to me is that it, like, it is shockingly simple. I'm like, sometimes you just want some fun background music. That, that is fair. That is fair. Sometimes. You just need Mark Hoppus to come in and give your band a swift kick up the charts. I listen to this three times and my brain always sort of um, glazes over it, so I actually don't know which one is the Mark Hoppus part. I'm assuming he's doing the backing vocals when they say I do anything? Yes, because I instantly picked out his voice going, what the fuck, is that one of the Blink dudes? <laughs> do we have anything else to say about what is admittedly, I? it's not my jam, it's a very good pop-punk track, and I think there's a reason it was what got them the first bit of airplay. I... I... Yeah, I don't know. I think it has a really memorable chorus. I think it has the pop and pop-punk part of this covered. I guess, but we'll get there with more song later. I think a big thing is, like, they're not... Pop-punk is already pop. Like, if you're listening to Blink, that's already pop. I don't think this is more pop than, like, Blink. This is just simpler. Sometimes that's what makes it more pop. You shave off the rough edges and it's got a bigger audience. Yeah, I could see that. Anyhow, is this the worst day ever? <sighs> 6 a.m., the clock is ringing. I need to spend an hour snoozing because I don't think I'm gonna I'm thinking from that side that yes. We we may have mentioned that there were some scheduling hiccups about this album, so I did a longer than usual gap between my listens and my notes. And while I did re-listen to these earlier to get familiar, I don't know what some of the things I wrote down mean. <laughs> like, this track I simply wrote, Big Mood, Such Baby, Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I assume it's about the lyrics. Maybe? But I definitely don't really get much out of the lyrics to this track. I will say, this is where I started feeling like this album was a fast album played at 75% speed. There's an energy here, but this, is, this just kind of takes a while. I don't think I had that problem, but yeah. I think that it's kind of funny. Like, it's dumb, but it doesn't make me cringe in the way that some of the dumb songs that we uh, listen to on this podcast make me cringe, so it's acceptable. Hmm, that's fair. Yeah, it is a song about someone, as the title says, having the worst day ever. And I think the biggest problem with it is that we do not 
get any details about why they're having the worst day ever, which makes it... Look, I'm always good for some, like, good old teen angst, just emo complaining in a song. But, like, you gotta give us details, man. You have to, like, give us some something to hang on. And this is just, like, I'm having the worst day ever. Blah. Oh, see, I like it for the exact opposite reasons. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's not just a bunch of angst. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm having a bad day. That sucks. And that's relatable. And I don't have to, like, think about any of the details of the angst or consider it in any way. That is fair. I personally, like, even if it's not angsty detail, like, there's a song later that I think does this thing way better. Like, did you miss a test in school? Uh, give us give us things to hang on. Like, you know what's a great song? I'm gonna be a meme here again. You know what's a great song about having a really bad time? Anna Ang? Uh, no, I was going for The Mountain Goat's Baboon. And oh boy, that song has so much details on it. I don't even need, like, physical details. Just give me your emotional details. Oh, I don't want details. I don't care about people. <laughs> Also, I just really want to hear in simple plan nasally pop-punk voice the lines I'd be grateful my children aren't here to see this if you'd ever seen fit to give me any children. It was like one of the most brilliantly spiteful lines in the history of music from Baboon. Baboons are quite spiteful, and I've seen them tear a man's face off, so I can believe it. Yeah. They're like space ghosts that way. And the other thing is, like I mentioned this already, like... This is not awful, but it's so... Sim like, I don't hate it. Like, it's difficult to hate this, right? Because it's very simple. It's very... Again, sounds like something you'd hear in the background of, like, a Disney Channel show. So th that is not something that you hate. But on the other hand, it is difficult to see... Like, the only reason a kid would listen to this over Blink is that they're not allowed to get, like, explicit records right the only reason why someone will listen to this over blink is that they do not say the rude words which is fine it definitely opened a bunch of people to the genre but it's also sort of weird in a genre that's that's by itself pop like pop punk is pop you do not need a gateway drug to pop punk and they were the gateway drug to pop punk which you know also this has the return of one of my favorite very dumb fun bits of doing this podcast, Genius Said It Best, which is when I look at the annotations on these lyrics, since that's the easiest way for me to keep them open as we do this and check, and one of them is on the bridge, which is, it's so long, I can't go on, it's so long, I can't go on, and someone helpfully tells us that he can't keep going like this for so long. He's got to do something about it. <laughs> they have a very simplistic way of rhyming and writing lyrics, which... I don't know. It's cute. <laughs> I don't, These are I, some of the most repetitive lyrics we've had in over a month. There's a lot of repetition, but there's also a lot of just, like, being very plain and, like, not having yet studied, like, metaphors in school and stuff. Now, here's the kicker to that annotation, which is if you click one level deeper on that annotation, someone else simply gives the handy advice, I think Pierre is getting railed, TBH. 
<laughs> and that's the one that really got a laugh out of me. Never change, genius commenter. <laughs> hey, it's much better analysis than the other guy. That's the funny part. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, genius doesn't mean, and I don't know, you don't mean anything. It's the next song. My only note of this is that you don't mean anything. Ah, when I was screaming at the scream during the last 40 minutes of the Snyder's Cut. Hey, I'll have you know, I felt that there was some actual heart there. I'm saying that in a point of sincerity. Those 40 minutes should not exist at the end, with the Joker talking for, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, no, th that's terrible. Ah... <sighs> Anyhow, that's a song we should be talking about. But it doesn't mean anything to us, which is why we're talking about Zack Snyder. Yeah, th there's a big problem with... Well, I don't even know if it's a problem. There is a big problem when talking about this record that a lot of it is very samey. So when you already said, this is very simple, this sounds like sort of Disney Channel music, the melodies are sort of sing-alongy and not very punk... Uh, you pretty much said everything for a lot of the songs, so yeah, I don't really have a lot to add here. This is the Scooby-Doo song. Is it? Mm-hmm. This is the song that plays during the chase scene in the background of the episode where Simple Plan is on Scooby-Doo. Oh! I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Fletch, you just have to take my word for Scooby-Doo trivia. I've seen all of the episodes up until 2006. All of them. I know my shit. No, 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 no. I just... Okay. I have seen the series this happened in. I just didn't know who Simple Plan were, apparently. So that's... Because it's like, yeah, I did watch What's New Scooby-Doo. I... It's baffling to me that uh, somehow I ended up in this podcast with two very deep lore Scooby-Doo fans in, in that co-host. Yeah, there's a whole shelf of actual official licensed Scooby-Doo figures right within my reach right now. <laughs> Fletch, you're very cool. Your coolness points have just gone up with me. I knew I liked this kid. <laughs> no, uh, this, this track is incredibly grating to me because it is it's time for the comeback over 60% the words you don't over and over and over I sort of love that this coming after taking back Sunday means that I'm sort of numb to all of the nice guy shit in the lyrics see here's the thing I don't even know that this is nice guy shit because there's nothing about gender or partners or romance this could just be my friend's a dick and i'm gonna leave him at the friggin pizza party <laughs> that is fair yeah i think that if this song hadn't been a scooby-doo chase scene song i would probably 
hate it a lot more just because it is incredibly repetitive. But every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Scooby-Doo. I like that. Yeah. Later songs on this that are repetitive, however, do not get a pass. In, in the same way that I enjoy Bring Me to Life because of the awesome scene in Daredevil, the cinematic masterpiece. All right. Here's one for you, Ellie. What? Which film has the better director's cut, Daredevil or Justice League? Oh, I even like the normal cut of Daredevil. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not expect that sentence. I mean, it's a terrible movie. I enjoy it. Have you read one Mr. Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil? Because it is written by a Canadian. I have never read any Daredevil in my life. I just think the the original Daredevil film is really silly and has... a scenery-chewing performance by Colin Farrell. One follow-up question. Which role did Affleck play better, Black Batman or Red Batman? I mean, in both of the, in both of the roles, he's sort of just standing there being sad. And in both roles, he's talking about faith. Yeah. I'm actually gonna say that he plays Daredevil better. I don't know anything about the actual Daredevil in the comics, but I don't know. He's okay in, the, in that terrible film. Confirmed. Ellie loves seeing hot men in concrete coffins. <laughs> sure. Anyhow, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything more to say. Let's go to one of the best songs on the record. Best track. Uh, second best for me, but yeah. I woke up, it was seven. I waited till eleven just to figure out that no one would call. I think I've got a lot of friends, but... I don't hear from them What's another night all alone When you're spending every day on your own And here it goes I'm just a kid and a life is a nightmare I'm just a kid, I know that it's not fair Nobody cares cause I'm alone And the world is having more fun than me Tonight this is 100% the best song, and I'm only saying that because the video is DJ Qualls clowning on all the members of Simple Plan, and I don't remember anything about this song, but the video rules. Yeah, the, the song is I'm Just a Kid, and uh, the video is genuinely funny. It's just a high school video where, I don't know, like the DJ Qual, the actor from Supernatural, I don't know him from anywhere else. Look, I, I, I'm a simple person. I'm talking about simple plan. Uh, I, I like Supernatural and I like the original Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's okay. But yeah, you have TJ Quall just being in a high school, being a high school student, which you're not a high school student, dude, but okay. We're all used to, to film. Just, you know trying to do things, and then evil bullies try to do the things instead of him, and die horrible deaths. And it's really funny. By the point of this film, DJ Qualls was 24. I just did the math. I mean, I could probably play a high school student right now. You could play a middle school student, Adam. You're tiny. You know, you didn't need to go there, but okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't want to be mean. Nah, I'm messing with you. Also, if you do want to see DJ Qualls in something more contemporary that was pretty fun, watch the FX comedy Legit. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, he's great alongside Jim Jeffries. Uh, also, the main simple plan guy is actually not bad at acting in this video. He does have some uh, a, a type of charisma. They've got good slapstick chops. But yeah, the bar is pretty low at this point, but I like this song, even aside from the really funny video. Like, I really appreciate this video. This video was a highlight. The melody is still unbearably repetitive, but it does stick in your head. Like, the chorus is actually, like, the chorus is memorable. There's a reason why, two weeks ago, I referenced the chorus without having given listen to this record in years. Like, I'm just a kid and the world is a nightmare. It's like... Very catchy, very iconic, and you'll hate it when you're listening to this song at some point because it's repeated over and over and over again. But, you know, it has something to it. It has that oomph. It actually surprises me that this wasn't the breakout single and uh, the other song was because I think this is a way better song than I'd do anything. Also, another genius said it best moment. Contrary to popular belief, none of the members of the band were actually kids at the time of the song's conception. Thank you, genius. <laughs> <laughs> this is a week for just real dumb guy zen logic, and I love it. <laughs> In this lyrics, he's saying that he is just a kid and the world is a nightmare. The world is a nightmare. Adam, any thoughts on the song? Oh, I think it's very fun. It's dumb, but fun. The thing that I like about this song is that it kind of, uh, uh, like, you know, it's 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 kind of overdramatic, but in the way that kids are, where they're like, ah, this is the worst thing ever. The world is ending. And then it's just like their friend's mom said they couldn't go to the park that day with them even though they were like 30 at this point simple plan they weren't 30 they were probably like 20 uh there's a very actual like resonating with their audience resonating with that kind of 12 to 14 demographic there uh energy to this music like you don't necessarily have to be a kid to write a song for kids you know yeah but then you read the obligatory and you get very sad yeah well fuck that guy let's move on to when i'm with you Yeah, this took me a bit to realize that it wasn't just another Spotify ad and the song actually started. So we're back into the Disney Channel core genre of music. Which, to be fair, they were doing Disney Channel core before the Jonas Brothers were a thing. I think the Jonas Brothers are on our spreadsheet, by the way. They are? Oh, I have to check this now. Find me the Jonas Brothers. I'm pretty sure they are noted as pop punk on Richard Music, so whew, that's gonna be a thing. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> Holy crap, they are all over this list. 16 hits. Oh god. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Holy crap, we have three singles from them that aren't on albums. Good news! We are covering one album that has uh, 
seven different charted singles. Turns out there was a period where Disney Channel pop punk was huge. So you realize they actually do still have a non-zero amount of control over Radio Airplay, right? Yeah. Uh, who, the Jonas Brothers or Disney Channel? Disney. Oh, I know that the Jonas Brothers have been doing, like, actual music nowadays, which is interesting. Much like Hanson. I, I, I don't know about Hanson. Hanson are the Jonas Brothers of the 90s, and in fact, they went on to continue working entirely without ceasing and are quite talented. Okay, I'll take it. They are what you might call the original get-up kids. Do not. Do not. Uh, so, talking about when I'm with you, this is uh, another, like, please take me back, I'm a nice guy, I hate you, but I love you song, which I would criticize, but, like, Taking Back Sunday happened last week, and at least I do not think, like, Simple Plan would whine about you on some forum, but I don't get the impression that Simple Plan will wait for you in your room with the lights turned off to quote-unquote talk it out. So, you know what? Simple Plan wins here. This is the one instance in which Simple Plan wins over Taking Back Sunday. Here's a question I have for you, though. What if Simple Plan was waiting for you in your room, in the dark, and they were actually just gnawing on a turkey leg from your fridge like they were Columbo? What if they go <laughs> Columbo with it instead of full single white female? Look, Simple Plan was a radiant Scooby-Doo. I, I, I don't know where to go from there. Oh, hi there. Hey, just one more question. What do you think about this whole thing that we've got going? I'm sorry for any Canadian listening to this. I am stuck with two American hosts. Uh, I have not said anything anti-Canadian this whole time. I have slept with multiple Canadians. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> it absolutely does. I will call one of them right now and get permission if I have to. <laughs> uh, do we do we have something to say about this song? You know, I like the fact that the song is only two minutes and thirty-seven seconds long. Um, this is breezy. Get in, get out. It's not too bad. It's not too long. I could listen to it in the car. It's all right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's, like, again, this is not my shit, but it's very difficult to hate on this because it's not offensive or terrible or anything. It's just there. Uh, our bar has been lowered so far. <laughs> yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the... Breaking Back Sunday record last week, which was lyrically just killed me, just broke me. I think my standard for the lyric went down about 10 pegs from yeah, from last week. Oh, well, thank goodness I didn't look at that one. So now I can still have a fresh bar. Oh, yeah, we did get very dark last episode. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There was at least one comment of, we need Adam's shining optimism to keep us out of this hole. Oh, yeah. I, I was not uh, uh, in an optimism space last week. But. Yeah, no, that, it's extremely good that you weren't there. We got 
we got into some dark place if we're taking back Sunday. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, meet you there. Until I do, you're You know how I feel about shitty, slow radio rock garbage. This this is a ballad. Even I don't like this one. <laughs> this is wherever you go by the calling, but without the butt voice. Do you remember wherever you go? Yes. I had this big Mandela effect moment because I went to listen to wherever you will go to compare it to the song. And I had completely erased from my mind that the calling had the whole like creed voice going on like that creed pearl jam voice oh yeah that song it's even worse than i remember it i constantly think they're a christian band <laughs> i don't think they are but they are called the calling which is the most christian band name ever no i do not see them listed as christian and and that is amazing given that they are associated with both live and lifehouse <laughs> Well, that's the genre of music, but yeah, I think the calling, uh, the as a name, is more like our calling is making music, which, uh, no, but I guess you had some success, so what do I know? Oh, here's a good one. The calling has one of those amazing timeline charts for a band on Wikipedia. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm listening. Find the funny pixel. Okay, let's look at this. <laughs> yup. <laughs> There's just a single one pixel long sliver in the middle of a long dead gap that is comedy gold. For our listeners, just search the calling of Wikipedia if you have the ability to do so at the moment. And scroll down to the chart where you can see all of the members and the years in which they were active. It's really funny. They were active in 2000, like... 13 for like a second i guess <laughs> for a single week before they decided nope this isn't happening and then in 2007 they got together again with three people god that's so good all right anyway back to uh meet you there where is there where do we meet there you know oh my god i hate this song they never say, and this is one of the things I hate the most, is if you have a title like this and you give me no, it's not the place we were together. It's, I'll meet you there. I mean, if you get there before me, will you save me a seat? That's the mountain goats about dying. I wonder why you left me here. Wait for me. I know the day will come. I'll meet you there. Even if I need you here, I'll meet you there. That's it. That's the most they say. <sighs> this song goes on two minutes too long, if I'm being generous. Yeah, and you know what I think about this kind of music. <laughs> 
Well, here, let me pick up our spirits at the end of this with another genius, genius moment. Okay. I don't know what this song is about, but I can tell you what I think it's about. This song is about a boy in love with a girl and convinced she'll come back to him when the day comes. What artists have been trying to do with songs is sound like a police siren, and right after the bridge, we hear what Simple Plans police siren sounds like. What this means, I have no clue, but I do know that it is very important to the song. Check out The Bank Job by Bare Naked Ladies. They have a siren in their song, too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Simple Plan fans are a real special breed, and I love this episode just for introducing me to this. Specifically Simple Plan fans who are on Genius commenting on the song. It's a very small subsection. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Uh, shall we go to Addicted? We shall, because, hey, remember when I said this was a lit song? <laughs> I do. better than a lit song i don't know this is one of the worst songs on the record for me oh this is terrible but i did actually have a note here did simple plan kill anyone if so lit wins handily (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay so video the video is not that interesting, but as I mentioned, this is the video where there's this bunch of Canadian dogs is doing the whole LA streetwear fashion, and they look really out of place in them. <laughs> so that's funny, and it's also funny that they're, in the video they're playing in a room, and like the room is shaking, and like the the pieces are falling from the floor because of how hard Simple Plan is playing. And the song is just the most mid-tempo slog ever, and it's just really funny because this is not the kind of music that shakes the walls. Uh. Hey, speaking of not the kind of music, this track was featured on a Much Music compilation album called Big Shiny Tunes 8. Do you want to know who some of their contemporaries were? Sure. Linkin Park, Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers, what? Three Days Grace, Sam Roberts, That's... Nickelback, Trapped, Coldplay, and The Salads. That's a really fuck. <laughs> That's a really fucking weird assortment of bands. <laughs> what a lineup! Yeah, big shiny tunes, huh? Also, I forgot about me writing this, because again, uh, I wrote this like forever ago, but uh, I did write that they look as if someone shrunk Blink even further, because they're very scrawny. You can't leave your pop-punk band in the wash. (laughs) Uh, So, okay, I'm gonna say something really controversial here. You ready? Alright, hit me. So this song sucks, first of all, I don't like it, but whatever. I really like the singer of this band. I think he has some kind... Like, he has a very nasally voice, like the very pop-punky nasally voice, but he has a level of vocal charisma. Especially in this song, he's really trying to sell you these lyrics. I think he completely fails at it, but 
He's trying very hard, and I'm gonna give him a gold star for that. He gets a gold star for effort. Yeah. It's just like, you know, aside from the nasally pop-punk voice, which you might not like, I'm I'm fine with it. I like pop-punk, and a lot of pop-punk is singing this kind of voice. He's really giving it it all. Like, it's not... It's trying. Gold star for you. My dude is a gold star vocalist. Make of that statement what you will. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) I regret nothing about that joke. Oh, dear. Uh, You were clearly making a reference to to notorious professional wrestler Kota Ibushi, also known as the gold star, I'm assuming. Of course. Yes, that's what I'm referencing. Not anything else that is gold star X. Of course not. That, that's a silly, silly, silly thing to think about. Anyway, just because I will, you know, own up to my L for the time that I thought on our Reliant K episode that this song was by Lit. Nope, it's by a simple plan. Lit's next album was better than this. And also, based on a couple people hearing that Reliant K episode, I did have them asking, when are we going to do a special on DC Talk? <laughs> Never, Hopefully. What's DC Talk? DC Talk is, well, here, I will just quote the request because I have it in my DMs. What if a song could sound like the year 2001? Just click into Extreme Days for a minute. This is like Christian Kid Rock. I hate it. It's Christian New Metal, Ellie. I don't know what to say about that, and I'm gonna pretend that it never happened. Anyhow, I'm just putting it out there on the air. Our fans want to hear a DC Talk bonus episode. Let us go to the best song on the record. Let's talk about my alien. I'm sick of being alone. When are you coming home? Just a glimpse of your face. I can remember spelling your hair. I'll meet you anywhere. Somewhere that no one can retrace. Somewhere where nobody will know our faces. She has But yeah, my alien, they go full deviant heart here and write a love song for a literal descripted alien. And I'm there for it. This is fun. <laughs> this is really fun. This is wonderful. This is so insane that it is incredibly dumb and I love it. it it's just good fun. It's not a metaphor. They literally start describing her having four legs to wrap them with. And that's like, I appreciate this level of commitment, and I'm in. I'm in for the song. Yeah, this is a wild one. I enjoy how incredibly dumb this is, because it's it's tr- it's like Kingdom Hearts. You think this is metaphor, but they're just talking about things on the page. No, we mean literal hearts come out of people, and if you don't do anything with them, they turn into ghosts. <laughs> Also, like, somehow this is the turning point for me, where the album stops sounding like Disney Channel music and starts sounding like like actual music. The verse is a bit more subtle and muted on this song. The guitar just go full-on in the chorus. 
and it has some like echoey production in places like this sounds way more like a real song than a lot of the other earlier cuts on this record i think that this is the best song about aliens we've covered so far mm, i agree yes i i think this is the best song on the record i had a lot of fun with this it was a really nice surprise in the middle of the record after so much just high school stuff just being like no this is about a literal alien we got a bit more creative with the sound and yeah no like simple plan is still like sort of really i don't know not super mature writers not just in terms of themes but like a better band would write a better song about being in love with an alien i think there's a couple of missed opportunity here they could have had more jokes and stuff or jokes that work better but you know what? This is fun. This could be better, but this is fun, and I enjoyed the song. I bought the astronauts kit. Now all I need's a rocket. Anyway, for that joke, God must hate me. And I also like this song. This is a Green Day single. This to me has very 70s power pop energy without the nostalgia. Like, this is not even a punk song. This is straight up like a power pop song. And, well, it's fun. It has this rhythm to it that's sort of enjoyable. It's a song about God hating them that actually gives us some details about why God hates them. They're dumb details, but they're, they give weight to the song. They're like... Oh yeah, I forgot to study for a test. Oh yeah, I crashed my parents' car. And it's like, it's all very teenage, but it's all very like... It's a bit more, you know, it's a bit more meaty than other songs that they did in this kind of vein. Here's the thing. Those are the only two examples, and that is such a wild spread. I crashed the family car, and oops, forgot to study. Yeah. <laughs> one of those things is not like the other, but... No! <laughs> we need a third example just to find out which of those things does not belong. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is... This is... Third favorite song on the record. It has this nice power pop tune. Nice rhythm. I enjoyed this. This... The, you know how we talk about saggy butt syndrome? This record is the opposite. I think this record has a very firm butt. Like, from here on, the songs are better than the first half of the album. It's alright. Like, I don't like it as much as the other I'm having a bad day song. But, like, it's it's okay. It's nice and short, and I appreciate that. I think this is the we've said that sentence a lot on this podcast. You know what? It's short. We like it. 
You know what? I, I've I've been saying that a lot, especially even though I do like a lot of these songs. Um, some bands decide that they're going to do like 16 minute songs. So I have learned to appreciate short songs <laughs> where I can get them. I'll have you know, I'm a very big fan of Phil Collins. Are you a very big fan of pop punk band doing 16 minute song? No, I don't think there's a single one that's been good yet. Listen, listen, I'm not saying that I don't like 60 minute songs because I do like very long songs a lot of the time, just not in this genre. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyhow, we will not be there. Make up your own jokes at this point. I'm not good at this, so audience, write us on Twitter. What transitional jokes should I have done for I won't be there? There is a certain irony to the fact that I do some of the best transitions. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> I now I just now got that joke. Let's go to the next song. I won't be there. Which is incredibly funny because after meet you there, we won't be there. So I don't know what you're on about. This this song starts with the really obnoxious distorted guitar. I wrote you two ass guitar distortion. Oh, I was more thinking about like what if you played the riff from Sweet Child of Mine as shittily as possible. I like this because this is where the album starts getting weird and dabbling in other genres like that u2 distortion here the next track goes country for the opening oh yeah no this song is better than most of the other things on the record for me this is sort of like baby's first you don't have to stick to the major scale for your melody it's just like it has some weird things going on melodically there the guitar go a bit harder the i'm gonna run away from home lyrics are a bit too much for me they are they are very cheesy and like, I don't know, I'm not, I enjoy, I generally enjoy this kind of like very, very knowing your audience, very teenage angst, but this just goes a bit too far for me where it's just like, nah, I cannot vibe with this lyrically, but I don't know, this song is trying things and I can appreciate that. I still think that distorted guitar sounds like ass, but at least it's different. This has the most interesting sound on the album, even if it's not the best track. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's acceptable. It's not my favorite song on the album. It's not terrible. The guitar's kind of neat. Do you relate with the lyrics about running from home because your parents took away your PlayStation? Uh... For those reasons, no. <laughs> I'm not going to investigate that statement too much. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that I thought about when I thought about this song. But 
Yeah. Yeah. No, th- this song is uh, um, because it doesn't really get into um, the exact reasons why the kid wants to run away. I feel like it can run a pretty big range of relatability between kids who want to run away from home because their parents uh, 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 told them that they spend too much time on the PlayStation and kids who might want to run away for other reasons. So I think that that's kind of, uh, you know, a very pop thing to do. It's been one day since we talked about all the things that Canadians are crooning. No, let's talk about one day. They are Canadian. It does count. Are they? Are the Brunaked ladies Canadians? Yes! How did you not... <laughs> Look, uh, North America is one big blob for me. Like, you all talk about Canadians in America, and I'm just like, yeah, Canadians, the one with the cowboy hats, right? Um, yeah, no... The bare naked ladies are Canada's answer to they might be giants. That's a really terrible answer. Can we talk about one day, please? <laughs> it's been. This actually follows incredibly from I Won't Be There, because it's basically the exact same thing. You know, there's so many rules I gotta follow. I can't believe, but someday I'll leave. I won't have to run away. The intro reminds me of something, but I don't know what. It, it reminds me of Sweet Home Alabama, and then I'm like, oh, I could listen to that instead, and then I do. I was thinking more about uh, Teenage Dirtbag, but I think you're, you're more in line with what I was thinking about. Yeah, this is nothing special, but again, the record does kick into gear in this back half, and even if, again, the lyrics are a bit too much for me here, um, this also sounds like a real song. This has that interesting intro with that weird clean guitar tone going on, the guitar goes a bit harder, there's a bit of play with the distortion, it's nothing special. But it's definitely a change from what we started with on this record, and I I didn't hate it. Like I didn't like it, but I I have not much bad to say about it. If not that the lyrics are again a bit too uh, a bit too much, bit too much there. You know, sometimes there's too much, and sometimes it's just perfect. No, boo. <laughs> Let's go to the last song because the first thing I wrote on the last song is and I'm out. And now I try hard to make it. I just want to make you proud. I'm never gonna be good enough for you. Can't pretend that I'm all right. And you can't change. Nothing lasts forever. I'm sorry, I can't be perfect. Now it's just too late, and we can't go back. I'm 
Wait, is this actually the end of the album? Well, there is a bonus track, but yes, this is the end of the album. Oh shit, I listened to four more. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. I mean, I did warn at least Adam about uh, the extra tracks and the special edition before completely falling comatose today. <laughs> I'm legitimately yeah. mad. Anyway, this song made me long for Billy Corgan. Remember when he sang Perfect? It was a better Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Billy Corgan also turned out to be like a conspiracy theorist and owner of a wrestling company, Impact. Yeah, I don't know which thing is worse amongst the two. Uh, he owned multiple wrestling companies and failed to keep them. Also, I do have written in my notes, how is he not dead, incidentally? <laughs> uh, yeah. Why do we always talk about Billy Corgan? <laughs> because that sad cue ball on a train is one of the funniest things in the world to me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this is another slow radio rock song. And to be fair, like again, slightly better than average in the genre, but I cannot vibe with slow rock ballads that stay that much in their lane. Like, you've gotta expect, like, if you're doing a slow song, you have to have like some sonic variety, you have to have some like experimentation going on, you have to have fun with weird instruments. If you're just straight up doing a slow song with rock instruments, unless you have like amazing lyrics or like an amazing memorable melody, which, to be honest, Simple Plan was not gonna have on this song. There is no song with Simple Plan made with amazing lyrics or amazingly memorable melodies. I cannot vibe with it. This is not my shit. It's slow. It's about not being accepted by your parents, which... Yeah. Also, do you remember the band Filter? I don't. Okay, well, some of our listeners will. And let me just say, the video for Perfect is clearly them on the same roof Filter was dying on in that. <laughs> and this is that house before climate floods have left it alone adrift in the ocean. Go watch both videos back to back. You'll see what I mean. Adam, any thoughts on Perfect? I think that it's uh, at least two minutes too long. Mm. It's like, I don't mind his voice in any of the other songs, but in this one, like, it is the part of it that, like, just kind of grates. It just doesn't mesh well with the rest of the song. Not a fan. It is like a, a very slow, sad song still sung in that pop-punk voice, which, yeah, I get it. And since no one else listened to them, but I did take notes, I'm just going to go over some of the, I guess, bonus tracks. One by one, incredibly hard to focus on. Sounds like it is being played through an intercom. Not good. Grow up. The drums have an actual bit of force to them, even if it somehow makes the bass seem waterier. And I was incredibly underwhelmed by the track. Uh, Grow up was in the Scooby-Doo movie. I'll be damned. I need to revisit that soundtrack. And their cover of Happy Together is one of the single worst covers of that song I've ever heard in my life. They clip their words and it's very staccato reading of the lyrics. This is who I am and this is what I like. JC Sum and Blink and MXPX rock in my room. If you're looking for me, I'll be at the show. I can never find a better place. 
this with done with the album. Final thoughts. This is not the worst thing we've done. This was quite breezy, simple to get through with the exception of Meet You There taking for friggin' ever. But uh, I am in no way inclined to hand it to them, much like Isis. Adam? I had fun with it. It's it, it it's fun. It's not necessarily good, but also there weren't any points in this listening to this where I was like, wow, I hate this. And, you know, I'm happy with that. Did it stack up to your nostalgia? How did this compare to your nostalgic view of it? I think that it stood up pretty well, considering I'd only heard three of the songs. That is fair. I... I want, I actually want to like this more than I do, mostly because the Alien song was really fun, and from there the record got better, but I cannot give this more than like a 1.5 out of 5. Like, aside from that bit of brilliance of having the Alien song there in the middle, I didn't really vibe with most of this. Yeah, I'm happy if this got a bunch of people into pop punk and uh definitely they definitely had their purpose in the the whole genre but it's not my thing it gets better the second half of the record gets better there are more real songs but i feel by the second half i was grading this on a very low just like scale because that first half is just so generic to me it's not my thing I don't. I wouldn't put this in the top half for me, but uh, I get. I get the appeal. I get the teenage angst, and I get that the lyrics are very like simple, and and I get that the melodies are like really sing alongy, and they can get stuck in your head. It's just not really my thing. I need a bit more of meat on that instrumentation personally for this kind of music. I can understand that. So this is it. What are we doing next week? We are doing Open Your Eyes by Goldfinger returning to the world of Ska. And I'm already intrigued because as I look at the album, I see that there is a track entitled Fuck Ted Nugent. Also, Spank Bank. Same song, different chorus. So, this was the episode. If you want to enjoy more of our content, you can go to our fantastic website, getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com if you want to communicate with us. You can add us on Twitter at ggottpodcast or just follow us. Or slide into my DMs asking about DC Talk. (laughs) Uh, you can find us on everywhere where podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and, and so on and so on. If where you find us, especially on the iTunes podcast store, whatever that's called now, if you find us there, please rate and review us. Please give us a five star. It helps. Write, write, write a nice thing about us. Write about how cool we are and how good our opinions are. You can also look forward to next week when we will be talking about 
the Goldfinger. And uh, yeah. They love gold. No. <laughs> do you have anything to plug, Adam? I do not. Do you have anything to plug, Fletch? Please rewatch Austin Powers 3 in Goldfinger. I'm joking. Don't. I also screwed up the joke by saying Goldfinger instead of Goldmember. Please do not Goldfinger. And uh... you can as always find me at ACC the Moon on Twitter. <laughs> we do not have a Patreon, but if you would like to slip each of the hosts $20 to help encourage us to do a bonus episode on DC Talk, you are welcome to do so. Have a good night. See ya. Good night. Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin and get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify. Uh, they started playing small shows and then. Uh, that's really badly written. Who wrote this shit? Adam? Sorry, what? Adam has nothing. Hello? Hello. Hello. Now we can hear you. Sorry, I think I cut out for a bit there. I was waiting. Yeah, we were. (laughs) There's a reason I was doing the Daryl at you. (laughs) I don't I don't think I heard that. Sorry. Um.